It is easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. Frederick Douglass. Fatherhood by far is one of the most important roles in a child's life. Welcome to the Real Talk About Children's Mental Health podcast, brought to you by the Children's Center in Midtown Detroit. I'm your host, Laura Lefever, and I have the pleasure of being the Director of Community Projects at the Children's Center. In each episode, we'll get real about the unimaginable mental, social, and behavioral health challenges faced by Detroit's most vulnerable children and families every day. Why is this important? Because at the Children's Center, we're passionate about healing children. We believe every child deserves a chance to succeed, to become the amazing person they were born to be. Because we know when you lift a child's spirit, you ultimately lift an entire community. Welcome back, everyone, to Real Talk About Children's Mental Health. I'm your host, Laura Lefevre, and I'm so glad that you decided to come back and listen to this podcast yet again. For today's episode, we're going to spend some time talking about increasing the presence, the importance of fatherhood involvement. And before we get started, I just want to share a few statistics uh, from the Census Bureau uh, dated 2017. According to the United States Census Bureau, there are 19.7 million children living without a father at home. This really equates to a father factor crisis facing America today. Research shows that when a child is raised in a father absent home, he or she is affected by the following. They're at risk for four times greater risk of poverty, teen pregnancy, seven times more likely to become a teen parent, um, more likely to see increased behavioral problems, more likely to face abuse and neglect, two times greater at risk of infant mortality, more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol, more likely to go to prison, more likely to suffer obesity, and two times more likely to drop out of school. This is definitely a crisis that we need to talk about and have a conversation, and how can we get in front of it? So today I'm really excited because I have two individuals with me who are not only passionate about fatherhood, but who are really subject matter experts. So I wanna welcome to the table George Wynn, who is the Chief Operations Officer at the Children's Center, and John Miles, who serves as the Wayne County Fatherhood Coordinator, Wayne County Fatherhood Initiative Coordinator for Wayne County. George and John, welcome. Well, thank you for having us. Thanks. Thank, thank you both. Thank you both. So let's let's just get started. Let's rip the Band-Aid off, George and John. You know, we hear this conversation about the absent father, and there's, I think, sometimes two schools of thoughts when it comes to, it comes to the absent father. But you hear the statistics from the United States Census Bureau. Thoughts, thoughts around that? You know, the, the, um, the stats are very alarming. Um, and when you think about what's being said in terms to um, fathers not being the home of kids, it's really devastating. I cannot tell you from my perspective that dealing with kids who don't have fathers, how it impacts their, their life. It impacts their social life. It impacts the school. It impacts the community. It impacts their behavior at home. And really, if we think about it, fathers are one of those factors that if you engage them, you can make a significant impact of in the life of kids and families. A lot of times in, in our industry, when we're providing counseling services to kids, we ask about the family of origin. And the first thing that usually happens when they come into our organization is they're brought in by the mom or aunt or grandmother. 
the fathers are not there or the male caregivers are not involved. And then we get into the conversation in terms to, well, tell me about the household. And if grandma and mom is angry, you don't hear about the father. Now, despite the fact that that father can make or break a situation with a child, because for a child, their dad is bigger than life. They're their superhero. That's right. Um, and so I'm real passionate about this when we start talking about how the impact and how things work and what we can do to get involved. Um, another area that I'm totally interested in is I can recall um, walking in the halls and standing outside of the Children's Center over a decade ago. And when I looked about the, at the Children's Center, I saw paintings of kids and I said, that is wonderful. This is a kid serving organization. Mm -hmm. We should see kids. And then I saw pictures of moms and kids. And I said, I get it. That's really great. But what was missing? I did not see pictures of fathers and kids or fathers being being included in that family's history. And see, those little things like there means it makes you or breaks you in terms of being a welcoming environment for dads. Right. You, oftentimes, you do, we do walk into, it's with packaging as well, um, when we look at uh, infant and toddler materials or when we walk into an agency, you see all these lovely portraits and photos, as you said, and it's either a single mom, you know, uh, there's there, or just no dad at all. I mean, it's a single mom with the child. That's correct. And there's no father portraits. So I'm sure as a father, I'm not a father. Can't <laughs> pretend to be one. However, you know, if you walk, I'm sure with fathers and they walk in, there's there's no reflection of or no representation of them at the table. Exactly. Uh, you know, with the dads that I've had conversations with, um, it's the feeling of being included within that family dynamic. It seems like everywhere they go is who's ever they're dealing with, whether it's at a medical appointment or uh, going to a school, it's, the attention has gone past them and it's directed towards the mom. I think it's become really more of a societal thing now. We have conversations where back in the day, the direction was headed towards the father because he was considered to be the head of the household. So all attention went towards him and they knew messages and everything flowed through him to the family. All of a sudden, it's, it's, it's changed. I recall growing up, and I've told people this several times, I never knew what a single parent household was mm -hmm. until I was in my mid-twenties. It was something new to me. Now it almost become like a norm, like they are just a single parent household. So therefore, that father nowadays, he's not, he's not taking that step forward. He's taking a step back. We need to get him more engaged into the family dynamic. He needs to feel important. And that's probably the key thing in regards to that. It goes back to, I think, what you're saying, John, yeah. uh, uh, George, the representation when you first walk into a situation, whether it's a school, an organization like the Children's Center, your faith-based organization, where's the representation of the family? Because we went from one extreme to another. What yeah. happened with the nucleus? the mother and the father, whatever that yeah. looks like, yes. Right. You know, a, another important factor is social media. If you ever take the chance to really look at a news program, I'll tell you that the first three to five minutes, it doesn't portray the black male, the male, 
in a positive manner. Mm -hmm. you'll, you'll see men shackled. You'll usually see them wear their clothes or something is not quite right. And we portray that. And that's usually your headlines. Um, or you'll hear about the fathers who are not living up to what a father's definition is. You hear about that, but you never hear the positive things that men do in the lives of kids. So if we can ever flip the script on the language, it will make a true impact. Because remember, the kids are listening and watching to everything we say and do. Every video, every social media post, that that's, and like you said, George, it's, it's social media. They, they're getting that information, looking at it, living it every day. And whatever they see as representative, that's what they're going with. You know, John, you spoke yeah. earlier about the fact growing up and two-parent households are not really seeing or understanding uh, fathers not being present. I can also recall being a youngster and seeing my father or other fathers in the community going to work. Well, if there's no jobs to go to, then our kids aren't seeing that same type of visualization of what it means to be a man to go and support your family. So that has a lot to do with how we're portrayed and how our kids see us. Yeah, who do we model our behavior from? Mm -hmm. You know, our, our everyday efforts, how to show affection, how to hold conversations, how to be a positive presence within the community. I had roughly seven father figures in my neighborhood growing up with. You know, my father, he wasn't the most well-educated, but he held a presence within my home. He went to work right. and he took care of that. So a lot of times the other positive information I received from other dads within the community. I'm not there anymore. It was a village. You know, you, you think about little things that dads bring to the table. Important things like the relationship between, the first relationship with a young lady and a male is their dad. Now, whatever that looks like, that's where they learn their self-esteem. Mm -hmm. That's where they learn how I should be treated. You know, all of those factors. So when you remove that, what you've done in essence is took away on how they're going to identify in a relationship. Uh, another thing that I think about is basic things. I can remember learning how to tie a tie. First experience I ever had was my father teaching me how to tie a tie. Or even how do you change a tire or change the oil? Although now today <laughs> we call it AAA, <laughs> right. but what happens when AAA doesn't come to mm -hmm. change your tire? Those are just basic fundamental things that that dad brings to the table. Um, and we have to go back to setting those standards to make sure that we are upholding our household and doing our, our responsibility as well. You know, and just in nurturing, there's nothing wrong. I mean, it's so important to have that nurturing, that social and emotional support from a father is so key. And I, I want to I move the conversation to supporting children with mental health and behavioral health challenges. You know, it's the work that we all do. We see so many children coming in work, and families coming in working through their mental health challenges. Why is it so important, George and John, to have that father involved in this conversation, in this journey around behavioral and mental health? For me, look at the outcomes for kids. If you ever, the things that you started off saying um, earlier when you gave this data, it speaks to why it's so important to have a father involved in the process in the life of the kids. Um, for their well-being, for their mental health. I tell you, I can have a, I, I recall a story with my own child. My son was about 
five or six years of age and I was introducing him to play basketball. And he was playing basketball at a community, um, at a recreational center. And I remember him running up and down the floor. And every time he ran up and down the floor, he would stop and look to the sideline and ask the question of, what do you think? How do you feel? When you stop and pause, that's social esteem. Mm -hmm. That's mental health. That's how do I am being viewed as in the eyes of my dad. And it's little things like that that mean the world. So when you're talking about a child having the, the uh, needing mental health services, those are the things that they provide. And you have to capture those moments mm -hmm. because those moments are priceless. Yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, it, it's tough being a father. Mm -hmm. Now you have the challenge of raising children who have mental health issues. There's, there's no book set to show you how things are going to go day by day. No handbook. So with agencies like the Children's Center, where they're there to not only provide the service but educate, if that information is going to one parent, once again, you're alienating that father from out of the process of making that child better. And sometimes emotionally, and our ego as a head of the household, if we feel like, well, we don't know how to support or to help, we just shut ourselves down. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of stepping up and saying, I really need to be a part of this. I may have gone through the same thing as a father when I was young and just couldn't couldn't see the signs. But I see the signs in my son, oh, I used to do that. Oh, I, I had that same problem. It's time to try to connect, get them educated, have them engaged. Because like I say, it's, it's, tough, be, it's tough being a parent. It's tough being it's a tough parent. Being but when we, when we unintentionally exclude one of the parents, it, it makes it more difficult for that child. Yes, it does. John, I want to capitalize on something that I know that you do, which I, it, it, I'm very excited about. So when we have activities or events or just anything in general, if you are out in that parking lot or if you're in the lobby and if you see a dad, um, you immediately engage in conversation. You immediately tap on that window and, and say, hey, come on in, let's talk. It's something real special. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, George afforded me the opportunity to give, uh, have some giveaway tickets to some of the sporting events to some of our dads. Because we really want them to let them know, we're here for you. Mm -hmm. Whatever it takes to get you engaged, we'll do it. And I had the big audacious idea, hey, what I need to do was hold a little semi-conversation in the room, invite them on in, only thing I needed, wanted to express to them was, we have a program we're trying to start to engage you. One dad and his son showed up. I had multiple tickets going. So I had to take a different approach. So what we did is start looking at the dads in the parking lot, mm -hmm. the dads that were sitting in day trim waiting, and I started to engage conversation with them. Hey, my name is John Miles. We have a program here, The Mighty Men. We would like to have you voice your opinion in regards to what would you like to see, what would you like to do, what are some of the barriers that you're going through. And I was, well, by the way, are you free on this such and such date? And I, no. I said, well, guess what? Just for taking the time, the opportunity for me to have this conversation, here are two tickets. 
we have started to increase some of the involvement. It's still a challenge, you know, but the more that these dads see that they are needed and we see them, mm-hmm. you know, the more they'll tend to start coming inside the door. But it, it's a challenge, but it's a fun challenge to yeah. get them in. I know that when you, and I'm sorry, George, mm-hmm. I know that when, and I'll say this, when you started doing that and you had, uh, you were running some of your first groups, mm-hmm. you had fathers, even when the groups were over, saying, hey, John, when are we going to start up another group? Mm-hmm. And so that was, you, you know that you're doing something right when the dads reach back out and say, mm-hmm. hey. Because I think what you provided was that opportunity to connect and a safe space just for men. Yeah. And particularly, because you reminded me of a, of a dad. He was an older dad. Uh, I mean, roughly about 60, 70 years old, it was raising his daughter. And he had really felt that nothing really could help him, totally. And I reached out to him, and he's like, well, you, we shouldn't be having this conversation because I didn't <laughs> want And I just told him, I said, well, we're having an event. I would love for you to come. If you don't, you know, that's great. He showed up. Mm-hmm. He wanted, really, the only thing he wanted was somebody to hear what he's been going through. And once we had that dialogue, he became like my best friend. See. He's like, anything you want, I'll be there. Anything you need, I'll try to help and support you. And it became a beautiful relationship. But, you know, it could have been something different, you know, based upon his past experience. If nobody ever came out like I did and said, hey, just, just come in and let me listen to what you have to say. Right, I appreciate that. George, you were gonna say something. Earlier, I mentioned the fact about over um, a decade ago um, when I stood back and looked at the environment of the Children's Center and what I didn't see. Here's what I see today. I do see staff like John who are engaging men. I do see the staff at the Children's Center asking the second question of, where is dad? Mm -hmm. I do see a warm environment with portraits of fathers and families um, that are whole and and healthy. I do see the power of relationships where they're going and and sitting down to say, hey, how are you? Um, Here at the Children's Center, I also do something that I take very um, serious. Every male staff that comes and is employed by the Children's Center I have at least one or two conversations with them a year. And the conversations are not about what their role is at the Children's Center. The conversations are about what are you doing as a male or as a father figure and how can I help support you? What thing, because another thing that you mentioned, John, is taking the opportunity to just listen. Men don't generally speak um, and talk a lot. Mm We're usually more <laughs> quiet and reserved. Right. But it's questions that we need to begin to ask ourselves about how are you doing today? Are you healthy? Have you gone to take your, your physical? And ask fathers that, which gets back to mental health. Because yes. if we can instill a healthy dad, we can instill a healthy child. Because if we pay attention to our body and our health and our physical health, then our kids see that as well as they're going through the process. So the lens has shifted a lot in terms of the conversation for men here at the Children's Center. We have groups and activities that we do at the Children's Center, which is exciting. To see a dad and their child interacting 
is very warm and uplifting. I've seen in our foster care programs where we reunited single dads with their kids. This is something that we really can continue to do, but it has to be intentional. And the things that I'm saying I see each and every day, it's because it's intentional. We intentionally have a focus on including families and then making it warm and welcoming for fathers. And so you all are, are in this conversation, you're answering the questions I want to ask in terms of what others can do to bring fathers to the table. How can we be better at engagement? And you said it, George, it's being intentional. It's really being intentional from the first time a father walks in the door, how we greet them, what the environment looks like, and then meeting with the staff, the male staff, doing check-ins with them, and they will be better um, focused on the intentionality of bringing dads to the table in the conversation with their children. So we're, we're getting there, we're moving the needle. We're moving, definitely moving the needle. John, one of the things, can you talk a little bit in your role as the Wayne County Fatherhood Coordinator, you're everywhere. Um, I know you, you're, all, you're all throughout Detroit, Wayne County, and, and meet a lot of interesting people. What are some of the challenges that are you're hearing, some of the challenges you're hearing as it relates to fatherhood out in the community? Well, really, it's, it's the involvement. Um, I would say that would be number one, just getting dads involved. And that really comes through a trust factor. Uh, what we learned is once you've been uh, open and transparent enough to the dads and greeting them, they more or less now create a, a positive relationship and they believe in what you're trying to do. Be honest enough in regards to I don't have all the answers, but I'll help you along the process. Uh, having conversations where they realize that really is. It's a mindset and the way you've made decisions that has put you in certain positions. Your decision to take a step back instead of taking a step forward. That decision to create a better relationship, working relationship with the mom, whether you're together or not, mm -hmm. for the benefit of that child. All this in regards to the decision and, and the decision-making process. The second thing really uh, with a lot of the programs here in Wayne County is the funding. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of programs that are, are created, started, whether it's by a community mental health agency or a community agency. They find out they get things going and then next thing you know, either the budget's been shortened to where they can't afford it any longer. And most of the fatherhood advocates out there are really passionate in regards to helping their their uh, community fathers. So those two things really has become somewhat of a barrier in, in regards to assisting. The third thing I would really say is those dads that have gone from organization to organization to organization, from individual to individual, seeking help, and they get frustrated. And I know some some of that, and, and we can spend some more time talking about this, but you spend a lot of time helping dads maneuver that child support system. So we know that it was one of the barriers, and you do a lot of work with some great men around the table um, and uh, around and, child support and, understanding. And really, that's been probably been the greatest of partnerships, even though for most of the, the men in our community, the belief in child support helping me is not flip that. 
flipped in regards to not giving them the same conversation of this is how child support works. It's no, how can we help and support you as you're going through the process of child support and, and trying to create a, a scenario where you're still able to support that child and have an everyday life and be able to live on what you have from what you make every day, which is tough. Which is tough. And so you do, I know you are doing a lot of great work around the table, around the county, um, with your uh, fatherhood partners around child support. And mm -hmm. so I, because I know that can be a, be a barrier in relationships between the mothers and fathers. Um, you know, those are, those are real life challenges that you're working with dads every day. And mm -hmm. I think it's really great work. Um, George, what you know? You talked about what we are doing at the Children's Center. What what what's your big vision? If you if you had the dollars or um, the means, and you know money wasn't an issue, what is a fatherhood program? What would you like to see? If money wasn't an issue, then what I would truly like to see is that every single child is connected with their father or a positive male caregiver. Yeah. I don't think that one child deserves not to be in that type of relationship. So that's my that's really my goal, that's my desire. It's just, you know, we we say it in some of our programs that we want to have 100% of some of our kids match to a mentor. Mm -hmm. I want to have 100% of our kids match with their fathers or a positive male caregiver. And and it's it's yeah. a reasonable ask. It's such an important ask and wish that that all of our children were connected with as you said their father or a positive male caregiver it's so important it's so important and we have to be intentional about making sure that we welcome fathers and male caregivers at the table from day one every day every day and not ignore them at the table it's so important what was the one one couple things that you like for everyone to take away with today from this conversation I would say for myself, uh, like I said, uh, in regards to the conversation that I've had with uh, dads and various uh, fatherhood groups, um, real, realizing really that that dad is an important part of their family dynamic is to change that mindset. I will say there was an, uh, a moment with myself. I was in the lower level of the children's center and I saw a young man just running around, the first thing that came to my mind, and I'm sorry, was, where's your mom? Mm -hmm. Because it, it's been, I would say, I'm a little brainwashed to the expectations that he's not here. I had to retract that, you know. So if we could change the mindset, place the father back into the role of, being a part of that family instead of looking at the separate pieces. That would be number one. Number two is just engagement. Like I said, from the time they walk in the door, make them feel welcome. You know, he know he's there for a reason, for a service to be provided. We know that. But we need to make him feel welcome from the beginning all the way through the entire process. That's right. George, any final thoughts? Um, I would just add that one in four kids live in a house without a father. So if that's the stat, the statistics, then we need additional men and fathers to step up 
and fill that void. This shouldn't be the norm. No. Not at we all. can change that just by knowing that. The other thing I would say is dads are superheroes in the eyes of their kids. And if you're a superhero, mm -hmm. then you have special powers. Whatever that special power and gift is, apply that special power because kids are looking up to us. Kids are looking up to dads. And as you said, it's that, you know, it's a daughter's first love is her mm -hmm. father. Sons are looking how, you know, to, to walk and yeah. to talk and to be that man and to be that leader. And so it's so important. It's so key. So I know there's a lot of great work that we are doing here at the Children's Center. We want to continue to encourage all organizations to do great intentional work around fatherhood involvement. I want to thank you both, George and John, for the conversation. I know we can continue the conversation. Uh, we can go much longer than this because I'm a talker and I got two talkers with me. Um, I'd like to have you both come back um, right before there's a, John, you have a annual fatherhood conference exactly. in June. June 25th. It'll be June 25th this yes. year. Um, would you come, would you guys both mind coming back and let's talk about the fatherhood conference. I'd love to come back. Definitely. All right. Thank you both. Everyone, thank you again. This is Real Talk around children's mental health. The importance of fatherhood involvement was our topic today. Uh, until next time, take care. That's it for this episode of the Real Talk About Children's Mental Health podcast. Our mission, going all the way back to 1929, is to help children and families shape their own futures. If you like this episode, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. And please, please share with your friends on social media. The more people we can reach with the information we share on this podcast, the more children and families we can help get the care they need and deserve. Thank you for listening to the Real Talk About Children's Mental Health Podcast. I'm Laura LaFever, and until next time, remember to live, love, and laugh by being intentional about helping children to heal, grow, and thrive.